0: John 3, 9-17 Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do not know, and testify that we have seen, and ye receive not our witness. And if I have told you earthly things, and ye believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life." God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved.
1: My name is Brian Howard. I am a part of King's Cross Church and am able to preach this morning. Chris has given me the opportunity. This is the third time I've preached here, so it's not the first time. So I guess that's a little bit of a vote of confidence. So I'm glad to be able to preach to you again for a third time. Now, We were driving in the Walgreens parking lot a couple days ago. and We saw a lot of Christmas trees in that parking lot. We're wondering, who doesn't have a Christmas tree yet? So if you still don't have a Christmas tree, I'm just curious to know if anybody doesn't have a Christmas tree. All right, a couple of you. They're cheaper now. And so now between real and fake. If you have a fake Christmas tree, will you raise your hand? All right, if you have a real Christmas tree, raise your hand. All right, so the last time we had a real Christmas tree, we accidentally dumped it over. And have you ever smelled the stuff that you pour that little uh, you pour that little packet of stuff in there? You don't ever want to dump it over because it smells horrible. And I read a thing this past week that said that if you bring a real Christmas tree into your house, you're bringing 25,000 bugs into your house. 25,000 bugs, all right? So if you have a real Christmas tree and you go home today and you're feeling really good about it, just realize that there's spider eggs and all kinds of stuff in your real Christmas tree. So we bought our Christmas tree when Martha Stewart went to prison for 90% off because it was a Martha Stewart. Christmas tree so we just appreciated that her stuff got discounted when she went that's true so anyways all that to say it's a super awesome Christmas tree that was like $25 so the uh, if we count today Christmas well starting tomorrow there are seven days until Christmas I know it seems to come and go and fly by really fast so seven more days starting tomorrow of last minute shopping we just wanted to go to Trader Joe's and get a poke bowl yesterday and we couldn't find a parking spot anywhere We thought we should have just walked from our house over here to get a Poke Bowl because of how many people were in that shopping center. Extra traffic and crowded stores and long lines and Christmas parties. Probably you've been to some of those. Overspending, hopefully not. And gift wrapping. And for a lot of people, Christmas brings joy and celebration. And Chris even mentioned this last week. But for others, likely some of us here today, Christmas brings feelings of loneliness and sadness uh, or isolation that's just magnified what we're already experiencing. So if you feel lonely or isolated during the holiday time, this can feel like everybody's super happy, especially if you go on social media and you see people's pictures next to their tree and their lights and nobody puts sad pictures of themselves on social media. So everybody is happy except for you, right? Uh, Within this room, there are likely people who experience Christmas in two different ways. Some of you love it, and you love the parties and the season, the excitement, and some of you feel like, I wish it would be over already so we could get back and I don't see everybody else having great times when I have a broken family or I'm discouraged or I'm lonely. The truth of Christmas speaks to both of these mindsets. Whether you're here and you're celebrating, Or you're here and you're lonely. The spiritual truths of Christmas challenge those of us who love the cultural holiday to consider much deeper spiritual truths because there's a lot more, there's like an extra depth to Christmas below that. And Chris talked about that a little bit last week. Sort of like the iceberg below the surface. Like you see the iceberg, that's all the cultural stuff. But then below the surface, there's so much more depth. And then the spiritual truths of Christmas also speak to those of us who are lonely or discouraged during this season. Because to all who are willing to listen and apply the message of Christmas, there's hope. And what I want to do today, because starting tomorrow, there's seven days until Christmas, as I, I, want, I want you to see seven reasons for Christmas. In fact, from the words of Jesus Himself. Seven things to think about this week. You might even choose to write them down and say every day I'm going to think about one of these this week. Like on Monday, I'm going to think about this. And on Tuesday, I'm going to think about this. All right? Seven things this week until we gather again here next Sunday on Christmas Eve. Right, One for each day. Seven things much larger than trees, lights, gifts, and parties. And then seven reasons for those of you that are having a hard time, and I've talked to a couple of you here who have told me I'm in a hard season right now. Seven reasons for dealing or ways to deal with loneliness and isolation. Now, Jesus Himself gives a bunch of reasons for why He was born, and that's what we're going to look at. And we're not going to just turn to one text of Scripture this morning, but look at seven different verses. Sort of a survey of Jesus saying, here's why I came. I came for this reason or this reason. So you'll either have to flip kind of quickly, or we're also going to put the the words on the screen for you if you're not really apt to do that. All right. First of all, John. 1837. The first reason Jesus was born. Jesus says this For this pers- purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. The first reason that I want us to see that Jesus was born is that Jesus was born to announce the truth. So when you think about why did Jesus come, why did we celebrate Christmas, why do we celebrate Christmas? Jesus came into this world to announce truth. Now, what does this mean? What's true at Christmas? If you want to know what's true, maybe you think about this tomorrow. and say, I'm going to meditate on this verse. I'm going to read this verse tomorrow. What's true at Christmas, and all of the time, is that God created you to know Him. Whether you're lonely or whether you're happy, God created you to know Him. He created all of us to know Him and be in relationship with Him. What's true is that from the time we're born, we're traveling away from God and not toward Him. That's true. And then what's true is that there's a way to be reconciled with and at peace with God because someday we're going to stand before Him. And what's true is that the way to be right with God is through Jesus Christ. Now, I was thinking just this week about about things in our society that we hear all the time. Like I was on the treadmill a couple days ago, and I'm always trying to find a new workout playlist on the treadmill. That doesn't sound like I'm, I'm, I'm just the filthiest person in the world for listening to this music on this Spotify workout playlist. So I turn on the Spotify workout playlist and then I'm like, fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. I don't really want to listen to that song. But I'm also listening to all kinds of worldviews as I hear music come across. Right. So I think about things that our society pushes us to. Right. It pushes us to pushes us to things that aren't always true, like like that we can be happy without God or that that money or fame or power or career success. Will fulfill us. Without buying things, we'll fill a void that we have. If you just watch commercials right now, it's like if you just buy this this diamond for your loved one, she's going to think you're absolutely amazing, and now you're all going to be super happy. Except you're going to be super in debt, right? Is what's going to happen? What What we hear is that a relationship will cure our loneliness. Just on my Spotify playlist this week, this song popped up. Now my kids already know this song, but I hadn't heard it before. I might hate myself tomorrow, but I'm on my way tonight. Hear that song? Uh, let's be lonely together. A little less lonely together. And That's a super popular song right now. It's, and it's kind of a catchy song, but it's also a little sad, right? Like, let's we're both lonely. Let's be lonely together. But then, the truth is, only a little less lonely together. So... The, the, the truth that we see in our society sometimes when we listen to music or we watch TV or just the messages around us are not always what's true. Now, does that mean that we shun those and become the Unabomber and move to Montana? I'm not saying to do that. I'm just saying, remind yourself of what is true while you're being bombarded with things that aren't always completely true. Alright? This is what's true. What's true is that God created us. What's true is that God wants to know us. Alright, Christmas is an opportunity to reflect on what's true. Now, I, I might just encourage you tomorrow to think about that for the day. Just read that verse. Think about what's true. Here's a second reason that Jesus was born. First John chapter 3, verse 8. It tells us the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Now, just when I was writing this this week, I was thinking about Stranger Things. Because whenever we think about... like today, we don't really talk about Satan or the devil uh, or that sort of thing, because that feels super mystical and that seems like that's not very rational and we're a rational society. But what is true, if we believe the Bible, is that the devil is a real and personal being who is active in this world. Now, what's he trying to do? To enslave people and to blind people, and to oppress people, and to mislead people, and to tempt people, and to trick people, because He wants you to believe stuff that isn't true. So He wants you to believe that you can find joy and fulfillment in all kinds of other stuff besides God. Jesus says, you know what? I came to destroy the works of the devil. So I was just thinking this week, what does the devil want to convince us of? He wants to convince us, because I hang out with my neighbors a lot. I just live like a mile from here. I hang out with my neighbors a lot, so I know lots of people that aren't Christians that I interact with all the time. And I can tell that He's trying to convince my neighbors that happiness can be found through Tinder, or through Ashley Madison, or through power at work, or through completely pouring yourself into your family and making your family your God, or through hobbies, or through religion, or through consuming lots of alcohol every night. All right? Satan wants to c- convince us that that kind of stuff will fulfill us and will make us happy. Jesus says, I came to destroy the works of the devil. Now, what does that mean, destroy? Does that mean like Jesus is out there with a lightsaber and Satan and Stranger Things and the upside down world? Like, what is it this big spiritual battle? Well, probably that kind of stuff is going on behind the scenes that we can't see, but. But God made the world perfect. The devil entered the picture and now is seeking to to mislead us all of the time. All right. So Jesus came to conquer Satan and undo what He has done. So we, we read this verse in Luke 4. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's anointed me, this is Jesus speaking, to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who were oppressed. So if Satan wants to oppress people through stuff that isn't true, then Jesus came to destroy all of that. And say, don't pay attention to stuff that's not true, to temptation, to things that you think will fulfill you, but really will destroy you. It's funny how much of the stuff I... It's not funny, I guess, but it's interesting how much of the stuff that I hear in music... I want to say hip-hop music, but it's probably all over the place, but... My kids expose me to more hip-hop music than they do country music because we don't live in the country. And so, so it's just amazing how much stuff we, like we listen to that's sung about that I feel like, but that's actually not true. Like That, that life doesn't actually make you happy. And yet it would seem that it would. Christmas time is a, is a time to reflect on the hope that we have that Jesus comes to undo that brokenness and that oppression and that's slavery. Alright, let's look at a third, a third reason that Jesus came in Mark 2. So, what I just gave you perhaps would be a meditation for Tuesday. Alright, now how about Wednesday? The third reason, Mark 2.17. Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. So in Jesus' own words, He says, I came, I came to bring hope to sinners. So Jesus came to bring hope to sinners. Now, Jesus was often criticized by religious folks for hanging out with messed up people. So the religious people thought you should be hanging out with the other religious people. Like hang out with the best people. And when Jesus was questioned on this, questioned on this, people were like, what are you doing hanging out with those people? Like with prostitutes and, and people that rip people off for money and criminals and that kind of thing. Jesus says, these are the people I was born to hang out with. It gives me hope because I try to hang out with my neighbors a lot. And so we try to go to our neighbors' parties and we've done lots of stuff with our neighbors. Uh, we, we have a fantasy football league with all of my neighbors. If you lose, and, the, and I, I do lose, like I lost two years ago, so you have to put this pink flag in front of your house for 16 weeks in a row and it has your name in, like in, like printed on it your responsibility to print it, spend your own money, and it says Howard Loser 2016. That'll be on the flag forever. And if the flag is not out by 7 a.m. on Sunday morning, you start getting texts, right, from people. So I was in England getting texts from my neighbors at two in the afternoon while my kids are up in the morning, putting up the flag because I lost at fantasy football. And I almost lost this year again, and my kids were like, hey, if you lose again, you can't live here anymore because we're, we're not putting up the pink flag in our neighborhood. I said to my kids, truthfully, I don't really love fantasy football. I love hanging out with my neighbors. And I love hanging out with them. And sometimes it's awkward and uncomfortable. And I'll go to a Friday night party, and it took a couple hours in, I'm the only sober one left. You know, and it's like, uh, and it, get a little, it can get a little awkward sometimes, right? But I know my neighbors and I love them and I love hanging out with people like that. Jesus loved hanging out with sinners. Why? Because his life and mission was all about compassion and love for people who have made a mess of their lives. Now, you don't have to raise your hand because you would all have to raise it unless you're really young. But how many of you have made a mess of your life at one point or another? Yeah, a lot of us. I have. I, mean, I remember preaching back when I was like 30 years old. I was a pastor at this church in Huntington Beach. And a friend of mine named Ron Hudson walks in the door. And the last time I saw Ron Hudson was in high school and we were doing drugs and hustling pool together. And I remember him walking in the door and him looking at me and going, You're a pastor? Because I've made a mess of my life. So if you've made a mess of your life, if you've screwed up your life, if you've done stupid things if you've done things you wish you hadn't done, then Jesus is the doctor for the down and out. In fact, more than than religious people, you need Jesus. If you've made a mess of your life, you feel like, remember years ago, I was talking to this guy after I preached, he was sitting out here like five or six rows in, crying, sobbing. He's the manager of a big Ford dealership in Los Angeles. Remember, I went to him and said, what's wrong? He said, I've done so many bad things. God couldn't possibly accept me. Jesus says, it's the opposite. You're the people I'm actually interested in. If you've made a mess of your life, Jesus is interested in you because He's the healer. And the, the reality is, is none of us are good people. Even those of us who think we are. We're all messed up. We're all born with a spiritual disease. Church should be more like a hospital than a place that's, that you have to put on a front. right? Some people won't feel, feel like they fit into this category. Because maybe you grew up in a great home and went to a Christian school and you went to a Christian college and you feel like I don't fit in this category. No, you might be running away from God through your religion because you can do that too. You can run away from God by feeling like you're amazing. So some of us run away from God like that and others of us run away from God by doing horrible things, right? All of us are in need of spiritual healing. Jesus was born to help both. Because Jesus was born to help sinners like me and like you, connect with God. Alright? There's great hope for those of us who feel hopeless this Christmas. Alright, let's go to number four. So this could be Thursday. Luke 19.10, this is Jesus Himself. He says, the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. So Jesus Himself says, this is why I came. To seek and to save the lost. So, here, here's why I phrase this. Jesus was born... To pursue and bring lost people home. All right, now think about two words. Think about lost. Think about that word. And then think about home. Now, don't think about the TV show Lost. Let's get that out of the way. Like think about it for a second. Now get it out of the way. All right? Because that's not like those people weren't really lost. They crashed. Right? So like, they knew where they were. So they were ultimately dead, just what we think, right? Anyways. Just think about lost. Being lost is scary. Maybe you were a little kid and you got lost. I remember being in the grocery store. You can't really get lost in a grocery store, but I thought I was lost. My mom was in the next aisle over finding some processed food for us, right? Some Twinkies and stuff. And so I was lost in the next aisle over. And that is a scary, scary thing. Have you you ever been somewhere and seen a little kid run up to their mom crying because that little kid had lost their mom? and is lost. You've seen movies about people that were lost. I mean, I, I watched a movie this past summer about a little boy. Did you see the movie Lion? Oh my gosh. Like don't go watch it if you don't want to ugly cry on the couch. So, it's about a little boy who gets I'm not no spoilers here. So, about a little boy who gets lost on a train. He's 5 years old in India. Gets lost on a train. Like falls asleep on a train. And he and his brother were playing on this train, falls asleep, the train goes thousands of miles across India, he gets off the train, he's five years old. Spends the next, and then like ends up in an orphanage, abused, all this crazy stuff. Spends 25 years trying to find his way home. Crazy story. So lost, and all he wants to do is find his way home. So think about lost. It's scary, it's lonely, you don't know where you are. But think about home. Now, some of you, home might not represent this, but it should. All right? Home is warm and comforting, and it's supposed to be safe. If you grew up in a bad home, a broken home, it may not have been like that, but you know that home is supposed to be safe. I think about that Daughtry song. Remember Daughtry from American Idol like 10 years ago? He sang that song, I'm going home. And in the video, he's like looking out a bus window, just wants to go home. That's to the place where I belong. So, lost is scary. Home is comforting. All right? At least it's supposed to be. I Googled this week songs written about home. There are hundreds of songs written about the comfort of home. Nobody writes songs going, I just can't wait to get lost. Nobody does that. There's tons of songs about being home. All right? And when Jesus was criticized by religious people for spending time with super sinful people, here's what he said. He said, I came to bring lost people home. Think about that. Jesus came looking for people who were lost. Feel like you're lost? Maybe you're lost spiritually. Maybe this life has screwed you over. Maybe you grew up in a crappy home. Maybe your spouse abandoned you. Maybe you've had a lot of trial in your life. Maybe you were physically abused or sexually abused. Feel like you're lost? Jesus says, I came to bring you home. Home, where it's safe and where it's warm. Lost meaning not at home. At home meaning in right relationship with your Creator. Lost meaning you don't even know where to go. I can't even save myself. Somebody needs to help me. (coughs) Home meaning I'm right where I belong. Jesus came to bring lost people home into right relationship with God. So look, if you feel lost this Christmas, I want to encourage you to meditate on home. You might not feel like you have home. You might might be alone on Christmas like eating at Denny's or something. But just realize, you are home ultimately if you are in right relationship with God. Here's number five. So I guess this will be Friday. Mark 10.45. The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. Why did Jesus come? Why was Jesus born? Why is Christmas important? Jesus was born to serve us and to give His life as a ransom for us. Maybe nobody's ever served you in this life. You know, I used to preach thinking everybody grew up like I did. I grew up in a good home. I'm one of the few that actually have... My parents have been married for 50 years, which is super rare. You know, I, I, most of my friends, that's not the case. Most people, that's not the home they grew up in. All right, So maybe nobody's ever served you. Jesus came to serve you and to give His life for you. Now, a ransom. This verse talks about a ransom. You know what a ransom is because you've seen movies about it before. Like, we've kidnapped this person and you can't have them back unless you give the ransom. A ransom is often necessary when someone is held captive. So, So a ransom is a price paid to free a person Who can't free herself. That's a ransom or himself. All right? A person who can't free himself or herself. Jesus came to pay that ransom. So you couldn't free yourself. You were a slave to Satan, is what the Bible teaches. You were born running away from God. And Jesus came to to release you, to pay that ransom to pay your indebtedness to God. And the release that Jesus brought by giving His life as a ransom was that He gave you and me the opportunity to be free. Not running away from God. Not a slave to sin. Now You might go, wait, I still sin like anybody didn't sin this week. So don't lie. You're either super unself-aware or you're not telling the truth. Because we all do dumb things all the time. As my kids have gotten to be teenagers, what's not super fun is having to apologize to them Sometimes. Like or at least once, (laughs) you know, so so because we all do things where we have to apologize, if you're self-aware, because all of us still sin, but we're not slaves to sin. We're not living in that sin. We're no longer eternally in a state of sin and bondage and separation from God. Because Jesus came, Jesus came to pay the ransom so that you could be set free when you couldn't free yourself. You are so valuable. I used to, when I first started preaching, I used to be like, Self esteem, we don't need self esteem. I would say today, Sure, you do. You need self esteem. Your self esteem comes. Like, I don't think you should sit around and flog yourself and talk about how wicked and horrible you are all the time. I think you should instead say, God created me. I'm super valuable. God wants to know me. God loves me. Even if nobody else has ever loved me, God loves me. You're so valuable to God that this is what He did for us. Alright, number 6. Galatians 4-5. Here's another reason Jesus came. God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. Now ladies, don't be offended when you hear, see the word sons, you feel like, why well, doesn't it say daughters also? The word sons is specific here. Because in that culture, the son, the, the firstborn son, was the person who would inherit the, the estate. All right? So that was the, the person who would get the inheritance. All right? So, so both men and women here, we're, we're both spiritually equal, right? For sure. Uh, God doesn't say, like, men are more awesome than women or women are more awesome than men. The reason sons here is not to discriminate against women, women but to stay, say instead, no, all of us. Inheritance. So the point here, why was Jesus born? Jesus was born to bring redemption and adoption. Redemption and adoption. Now I could preach a whole sermon on redemption, but redemption means, again, to buy someone's freedom. Kind of like ransom. To buy back. To buy them back. To buy their freedom. And adoption means to permanently bring a person into your home and family maybe some of you were adopted, and some of you might really appreciate that, and some of you might not, but, but I, when I see someone adopt a child, I feel like that's like one of the most selfless things you can ever do. So I know people that have flown to China, and flown to Indonesia, and flown to India, and I, I have a friend who a few years ago, maybe ten years ago, put on Facebook, we would love to adopt. Seven days later, they had two twins, just locally, just because they put it on Facebook. Like crazy stuff like that happens and those two twins are now 10 years old. Like when I see someone adopt someone, you're saying, we're going to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars, deal with issues that might come, deal with the fact that they might later reject us when they're 20 and go want to find their birth parents and get away from us. Stuff like that sometimes happens to bring this person into our family. Now maybe it's not always that perfect in our society, but in God's society it is because Adoption, permanently bringing a person into your home and family to love, to shower them with affection, and to give them all the rights of inheritance. It's not like you're a second-hand citizen as an adopted child of God. You get all the rights of inheritance as a son. So God sent Jesus to buy our freedom and to adopt us into His family. So I think the point is this. This Christmas... Realize that no matter what your family looks like on this earth, you're accepted, you're loved, and you're part of a family for eternity. Maybe you're frustrated that you've never gotten married. Maybe you're frustrated that you're no longer married. Maybe you're frustrated that you've been abandoned. Maybe you're frustrated that one of your parents died when you were little. Just remember this. You're accepted, you're loved, and you're part of a family for eternity. And then lastly, number seven. Number seven. John 3.17. All these, the words of the Scripture in terms of why Jesus came. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Jesus was born so that the world through Him might be saved. So so John 3 says, Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. We might say, wait a second, there's other verses that talk about Jesus came to announce judgment. So, but Jesus came into an already lost and condemned world. That's the point. Like Jesus came, the world was already lost and condemned. God's purpose in sending Jesus was to send salvation into it. So Jesus came into a dark world to, to bring salvation. Now, what does saved mean? If you're old enough to remember that Mandy Moore movie called Saved, did you ever see that? It kind of took that title and uh, and sort of made a mockery of it, you know. And I watched it. I don't remember it that well. I probably saw it ten years ago, but but it was like you're saved, you know. It was like kind of like Mean Girls meets Christianity, sort of. And so so um, so we, like we. I can hear certain Christian terms sometimes and feel like I'm tired of those terms. You know, like the word saved. I can feel a little tired of that. Like the word believer. People's like, are you a believer? I'm like, well, everybody's a believer in something, right? So I would just always say, yeah, I'm a believer. So whatever you believe. So, so, but the word "saved" is a biblical word. What does it mean? All right, saved means freed from the bondage of sin. Saved means free from spiritual blindness and oppression. Saved means we won't face the consequences of our sin. So that word "saved" that can feel kind of trite because maybe somebody's asked you, like, are you saved? And you feel like, I don't quite know what that means. Essentially, the biblical meaning of that is you are no longer headed toward judgment by God because the finished work of Christ is applied to you. Do you understand that that's the gospel? The gospel is not clean up your act and live better and stop cussing so much when you stub your toe. That's not the gospel. The Gospel is not only have two glasses of wine rather than three because that's what the doctor says you're allowed to have or whatever. That's not the Gospel. There might be wisdom in some of those things. I'm just saying the Gospel is essentially Christ's finished work on the cross applied to you. So if you're standing in front of God, and God says to you, why would I let you in? I don't know if it'll look like that. That'd be kind of weird because you'd have to ask that question a lot of times. Maybe ask whole groups, you know. But and he looks at you and goes, "Why would I let you in? You shouldn't say because I helped plant Kings Cross Church." Because he'd be like, "So? No, you you should just point over and go because of that guy over there, Jesus." Right now, that's already done. Because the finished work of Christ on the cross applies to you. So saved ultimately refers to our eternal state. It means you're right with God if you've accepted the finished work of Christ on the cross on your behalf. So for those who orient their lives to the teaching, person, and work of Jesus Christ, they're saved to an eternity lived with their Creator. So whatever things look like for you this Christmas, you're saved for eternity. Christmas morning might be sad. You know, what, you know what I would encourage you to do if it is sad? Is I would open up your Bible, and I'd reflect on what's true. Get up a little earlier than everybody else. Stay up a little later than everybody else on Christmas Eve. If you're sad, think about what's true. So if you love Christmas, all right, if you love this season, I want to encourage you. I mean, Chris put this spectacularly last week. He said, he said something like, we don't have to get rid of all this cultural stuff. We just need to look a little bit past it and beneath it as well. All right. So give significant thought to these seven spiritual truths. And if you're feeling lonely or sad during this season, find hope in these seven spiritual truths. Let me go through them, and then I'll close. Jesus was born to announce the truth. Jesus was born to destroy the work of the devil. Jesus was born to bring hope to sinners like you and me. Jesus was born to pursue and bring lost people home. Jesus was born to serve people and to give His life as a ransom. Jesus was born to offer redemption and adoption. Jesus was born so that the world through Him might be saved. This is a Christmas message of hope sent by God to insecure teenagers and single parents and divorced people and widows and married people and orphans and people frustrated by their own sinfulness, and for me and for you, and it's all true because Jesus was born, lived, died, and rose again so that we could be right with God and live eternally.
0: Thank you for listening to the King's Cross Church Podcast.